you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're still eating leftover cold pizza. It's me, MG, Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Florio. Producer Justin is at the controls, and you can probably hear a little bit scratchy in the voice. I wish I could say it's because I was screaming at the... uh at the Super Bowl during the you know during the game, but actually it was a thing that started kind of last Friday and uh, has improved progressively, uh, but we're still trying to get better about it. But uh, it is officially the off season. Florio, welcome to the off season. I should use air quotes because you know for fantasy there's no real such thing as the off season. It's just the season where they don't play games. So I guess welcome to that. Yeah, it's a. I mean, if you look on fantasy Twitter, it's definitely not an off season, and and you're not alone with the scratchy throat, Marcus. I I have uh, had it as well a little bit. I I thought it was because of all the uh, festivities, and you know, I, I drank a little bit more than I normally do on <laughs> Super Bowl weekend. So I, I've been blaming that, but uh, it's also been pretty cold, so we could blame that. It is. It's well, it's been weird because it went from really hot to like. I guess I'd say really cold, like really cold for LA, right? Like it's been like, you know, low 60s. I know there are people in other parts of the country who are probably flipping us off right now, but... Um, <laughs> it snowed, apparently. It snowed in Pasadena, which is insane. That is that is bonkers. Um, but yeah, it went from, you know, it was like 85, 86 degrees on Super Bowl Sunday to the fact that it snowed in Pasadena <laughs> on Tuesday. Uh, that is just bizarre. So yeah, I think all this uh, this weird weather... Uh, these extreme temperatures, temperature swings uh, might have something to do with it as well. Um, got a good a good show for you, uh, as we always try to do. Uh, obviously, we'll talk some Super Bowl and kind of recap that and, and try to spin it forward with a fantasy perspective. Also got a couple of interviews for you. We'll spread them out over the next couple of weeks, but we had a chance uh, to talk to some people on Radio Row. You did have a chance to hear the Ed Orgeron interview uh, on Friday, just before the Super Bowl, uh, we, we talked to him about a couple of his former LSU players, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, ahead of that game. But uh, today, we'll give you interviews from Jakob Johnson, who is uh, the fullback for the New England Patriots. And we'll also talk to Jerry Judy. Uh, you want to stick around for that because he uh, we, we asked him about Super Bowl halftime 
And um, let's just say that I don't normally feel old. Jerry Judy made me feel old. So <laughs> Jerry Judy's the only person I met who didn't share our same enthusiasm for the halftime show. <laughs> right. So uh, <laughs> so stick around. We'll hit you with that interview a little bit later on in the show. We'll also kind of talk about uh, you know, what happened over the entire postseason and what this might mean uh, for some fantasy guys going forward. But let's start, of course, with the Super Bowl game itself. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for the second year in a row. A team wins the Super Bowl on its home field. Uh, the Rams survive against the Bengals 23-20. to 20. Uh, Some of the big storylines from that game, Cooper Cup is named your most valuable player. Eight catches for 92 yards and a pair of touchdowns on 10 targets. Uh, you, know, you and I were watching the game together, Florio, and uh, you sort of joked like, you know, at first he wasn't really seeing the ball a whole lot, it seemed like. And and you joked that, hey, you know what, maybe uh, it's a good time. They, they decided to use him on their final drive. Seems like a good time to use him. Also seems like a weird time for the Bengals to lose track of him. <laughs> um, that's just me. Uh, obviously, it was a great ending to what was a great season for Cooper Cup. Uh, we've talked about this before, but now after seeing this in the postseason, is he has he locked up being a first round pick next year? I think so, and uh, we we joked about there not being an off season. I'm kind of crazy, so I jumped into uh, best ball slow drafts yesterday, <laughs> and I had the second pick in one and the fourth pick in another. And in the one where I had the fourth pick, Cooper Cup went first overall. Wow! And then in the one where I had the second pick, I was like, let me give this a try, and I took <laughs> Cooper Cup. So I think he's a lock to be a first round. I don't know if he's going to be the first overall or second overall pick. That might be a little recency bias, but. I think as of now, at least with uh, Rodgers and Devontae Adams' future so up in the air, I think Cooper Cup is like the number, the, pretty much I would say the unanimous wide receiver one. I, I think if Adams and Rodgers are together, you you can have a conversation there. Maybe Chase or Justin Jefferson. But for me right now, I think Cooper Cup is just the wide receiver one heading into 2022. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much solid. And so that, that probably puts him, I would think, in redraft leagues somewhere middle First round, maybe, uh, you know, talk about five, six, seven, somewhere around there. Cooper Cup is coming off the board. Um, I, it's funny you talk about jumping in some best ball drafts. I actually looked at it yesterday and I, I, I was I was like on my phone scrolling. I'm like, should I do one? I'm like, eh, seems a little too early, but I, I, I will probably, you know, succumb and, uh, and I, jump in one. I don't like doing the ones that are like, hey, sit down and draft 20 rounds right now. But I, I always like to be in like one slow draft where like once a day I'm like, oh, it's my turn to pick. Like, I, I think that's kind of fun. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely entirely too early. I mean, I know I, I've done this in the past, too. I think I, a couple of years ago I did one, a bunch of them like right after Super Bowl. And I remember getting to June and being like, what in the hell was I doing? Um, <laughs> you know, like looking at the teams and being like, these are awful. Like, what was I doing here? But I will probably jump in a couple of them. And I'm, I'm with you. The slow draft is probably the way to go this time of year because um you also have fewer of the really like amped up like hey you're on the clock bro people like in your league oh too, yeah because everybody knows there's still what seven months until the season starts next uh, next time again so so that's fine um is there a chance we talk about cooper cup right like what he did this year was phenomenal absolutely amazing is it possible that we were looking at one of those outlier seasons, one of those like impossible to duplicate years? Um, and not saying he won't be good next year, but but is it possible we end up overdrafting him next year? Uh, I I completely think it it'll I think it'll be very hard for him to duplicate what he just did. I mean, the only other player to top nineteen hundred receiving yards is Calvin Johnson. So 
And, I mean, you talk about his season as a whole. He has the most catches, yards, second most touchdowns, including postseason ever. So I, I think it is really hard to duplicate it. But my view with Cooper Cup is a lot like my view with Josh Allen as the QB1 or why for years I liked Christian McCaffrey as the RB1. He's not a lock to finish as the wide receiver one. Like if you go Cooper Cup versus the field, I'm going to take the field. But I think he's the safest bet to be like a top three or top five receiver. So at that point, even if he regresses in every category, I still think you're getting a really good player that you could build your whole roster around. And I think I think that's sort of the bigger point there, right, is that when you draft someone uh, you know, first, whether it's the the running back one, QB one, wide receiver one, the the idea isn't that they are going to finish as the first player amongst their position, but it is that they give you the best shot to be a consistent producer. And that, you know, look, if I if I were to take Jonathan Taylor number one overall, I don't necessarily expect that he's going to be the highest scorer in fantasy, but I do think that means he's going to be a top three to five running back and that he's going to be, you know, we're going to talk about him at the end of the season as being a top, you know, seven to 10 scorer overall, you know, when you factor in quarterbacks and that sort of thing. Um, Producer Itham uh, just popped in the, the chat, popped uh, and, and made a good point. Kevin O'Connell going to the Vikings, right? I mean, he has been the offensive coordinator for the Rams. He oversaw this amazing season for Cooper Cup. Maybe he does it for Justin Jefferson next year. That'd be interesting. I mean, Jefferson and Jamar Chase are two of the receivers that have the highest ceiling in football. Uh, it, it's, I mean, nothing's impossible when it comes to those guys and their talent. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, speaking of Jamar Chase, he and T. Higgins combined for a pretty good day uh, in a losing effort. Eight catches combined, 189 yards, two touchdowns, both of those <clears throat> by Higgins. One of them thrown by Joe Mixon. Um <clears throat> We talk about wide receivers coming off the board in the first round. Jamar Chase is probably in that conversation for maybe being at the end of the first round. T. Higgins, though, I don't imagine is going to be too far behind them. Will you be surprised if either one of them falls to the third round in drafts next year? I, w I would be really surprised if Chase does because I I'm with you. I think he's a first-round pick. Uh, I think he's a lock to be like a top three or four receiver off the board. Higgins, it, it wouldn't shock me only because I think Higgins will be in that second, like that tier of receivers that usually go in like the third round. Like I think he'll go still after like AJ Brown, CD Lamb, maybe Calvin Ridley, depending on where he ends up. I, I could see him being more like a top 15 wide receiver rather than like top 10 or top 12. So I my original thinking was like third or fourth round for T Higgins, but I'm thinking like as good as Chase is, and, and as much as I'm going to want to draft Chase, Higgins is maybe not as high of a ceiling, but he brings a similar ceiling, a similar floor, uh, and, and he's going to be cheaper. So that is always appealing in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the floor maybe is even the, the the bigger part of the story there, right? Like, I don't think the ceiling is, is necessarily comparable to Chase, but that floor is pretty safe and pretty solid. And I think what we saw, especially late in the season and all throughout the playoffs, reminded us that, uh, yes, while Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have a really great rapport and they can do big things together, T. Higgins is not off the radar. He's still a very big part of what this team's going to do in the passing game. Um, and so maybe, yeah, maybe he does fall into the third round or something like that. But I still think he's going to be a guy that you're right. If you don't want to pay that price to get Jamar Chase, you can wait a round or two, get T. Higgins, still get yourself a quality, you know, a guy with some wide receiver one upside potentially uh, and, and be pretty good about that. But... That does get us to Joe Burrow. 
I mean, he was fine. He, there was nothing wrong with his performance uh, on Sunday in the Super Bowl. The guys in front of him, though, it kind of became an issue again. Sacked seven times in that game against the Rams. This was coming off a playoff game where he was sacked, what, nine times against the Titans. They were able to win that game. Um, but he took a beating back there uh, in the postseason. I know last year the argument was, do the Bengals go out and get an offensive lineman? Do they draft Panay Sewell? Or do they draft Jamar Chase? They drafted Jamar Chase. It's sort of hard to argue against the results because, you know, they were in the Super Bowl with a legitimate chance to win the game. So it's sort of hard to go against that. But over the big picture now, right, you've had one season where he tore an ACL because he took a beating. This past season, he stayed healthy, but again, took a lot of sacks. It feels unsustainable. I've always said I was worried that he would become Andrew Luck 2.0 if the Bengals don't do something. How much, yeah, as Justin points out, he also injured his MCL in the Super Bowl. They don't expect it to be serious. He should be ready for the start of next season. Um, how much are you paying attention to what the Bengals do at offensive line? And will that maybe potentially impact how you feel about Joe Burrow in drafts next year? I'm going to pay pretty close attention to it. I still think Joe Burrow will be fine in fantasy, even if they don't increase it a whole lot but they have to improve it I mean he's not going to be facing you know the Titans or or the Rams D-line every single week in the regular season so that's why he'll be able to to survive it but I mean you don't want him to become the Andrew Luck like you said and and he was hurt last year because of the O-line he got hurt in the Super Bowl because of the O-line and when we were watching it we were like once Burrow hurt his knee we were like yeah how is he supposed to play now like he can't even run to try to get away from these guys on the Rams D-line but it hurts their cap, too, because they're a team that relies on big plays, and you just get less time to connect on those big plays when you get your quarterback is running for his life after two seconds. So definitely, I, I like the fact that they added Chase last year, and I think that was the good long-term move for them, but now is the time. I'm not saying you have to use all of your investments on the offensive line, but you even if you had a league average offensive line, like that would be a huge upgrade from what you have now. So they need to put a lot of uh, emphasis on improving that this year because we don't want to see Joe Burrow keep getting hurt. And especially with his knees, like lower body injuries are scary in football. Absolutely scary. Um, you know, again, like part of, part of what makes him so effective is his mobility. I mean, we saw a number of times in the playoffs, uh, him making big plays with his legs, able to scramble, get out of the pocket and that sort of thing. You, you start to take that away from him. Uh, that sort of impacts his game. Curious to see what the Bengals do. They have the 31st pick in the first round be, by virtue of uh, losing in the Super Bowl. Their other picks, uh, 63rd overall, 95th, uh, 135th, and so on and so forth. So uh, we'll see if they decide to spend any real draft capital to uh, get an offensive lineman because I think that is sort of the one big missing piece there. Um, I think I think you're right, though. Regardless, people are going to draft Joe Burrow as a probably a top, what, top five quarterback uh, coming in this, this this next season, but um, yeah, I think the long term out out uh, out outcome, I guess the long term impact for the the Bengals is to uh, figure out how to protect their franchise quarterback because they seem to have one. They just got to make sure that he stays healthy. Uh, speaking of staying healthy, it was sort of a a bittersweet day for Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he gets his his ring. 
Uh, he's part of a Super Bowl winning team. We saw him on the sideline kind of in tears of joy at the end, but he was on the sideline because he tore his ACL uh, in the second quarter of that game, a game where he started out hot and looked like he was going to be a real impact player, caught the first touchdown of the game, uh, but then suffers the knee injury, goes into the locker room, does not return to the field. Um, this is a guy who really was sort of on a prove-it deal with the Rams. Uh, I thought he really started to prove it during the playoffs, but now he's got a long rehab ahead of him. Um, he's getting, i say, older in football terms. Um, he's a free agent to come. Uh, we're not really sure when we're going to see him back on the field. So obviously there's first off the issue of what does this mean for him in, in football terms? I mean, someone will probably sign him, but he's not going to get the kind of money I think he wanted to. But then that also leads to what is the fantasy outlook for him? Are we talking about not drafting him, drafting him late? I mean, what 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 are we doing about Odell? There's just so I feel like there's so many questions that it's hard to kind of really quantify what to do about it. Yeah, I, I think as of right now, for me, the answer is just avoid him because I mean it's the middle of February and he's still gonna have the surgery. And this is usually, you know, close to a year. I, I know like Cam Akers is showing that like players could come back a lot faster from injuries than anticipated. But like you said, Odell is is getting up there for a football player. He's already torn his ACL before. So uh, and I believe it's the same knee. So that is really worrisome for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed like a baseball type pitcher deal where they, you know, they have Tommy John and like they sign a two year deal with the team in the first year just to rehab. I wouldn't be surprised if Odell signed a contract like that or if he's just potentially out of football for this year and just focusing on his rehab. But the thing that I really feel for Odell is because, like you said, Marcus, he was starting to prove it. Like, the Rams don't make it to the Super Bowl without Odell. And before Odell got hurt, their offense was clicking, and it looked like they it could have been a route of the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, they had scored on both of their drives, and then he gets hurt on the next one. So, And then the passing game just was gone until like the late fourth quarter for the Rams. So him being out really affected this offense. And he was a huge piece of them getting that Super Bowl. But for fantasy, I think there's just too much against him right now for me to be too interested. I think I'd rather just take a upside shots in other players. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's probably true. Um, you know, I, this is one I think is going to be kind of evolving throughout the offseason. Yeah. I mean, some of it is, you know, obviously depending on his health and, and what his, uh, you know, what his status is going to be when we get to training camp. Some of it's going to depend on where he is. I mean, who's going to take a chance on him? He said he's willing to take less money to stay in Los Angeles. Um, even if he stays in L.A., though, I mean, one, it, again, it's when he comes back, but Robert Woods will be back in healthy. We know they've got Cooper Cup. Uh, Van Jefferson showed at times that, that he can be a playmaker in this offense. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions uh, about what's going to happen with Odell. So I think right now, uh, I think he's very much off the radar. Um, you know, we can revisit this question once we get to the middle of the summer and closer to the fall. Uh, but it was definitely it was it was heartbreaking to kind of see it happen, you know, in real time to watch the injury uh, for a guy who has been through look a lot. Some of it of his own making, some of it not. Um, but but uh, it just, you know, you don't want to see that happen. You definitely don't want to see it happen in a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I guess congrats in a bittersweet sort of way for Odell for winning a championship. But, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully the rehab works well. and We, we see him back on the field soon. Um, overall, though, uh Thoughts on the game? Did you enjoy it? Good game? I mean, how'd you feel about it afterwards? 
I thought it was a good game. I, I, I know in the second half, there was a lot of us watching it and being like, what are they doing this? And there's, <laughs> it's just a lot of punting, but it was competitive. It came down to the end and it gave us a lot of cool moments. Like the, I don't know if you saw the video that came out after of uh, right before that final play for the Bengals, like McVay mm. finds Aaron Donald and is like, this is the moment. And mm. then like Donald makes the play like, Stuff like that I find really cool. So, And I love the halftime show. The only thing I wish is I wish it was longer. Um, <laughs> so to me, overall, it, it was a really good game. And it was definitely better than uh, some of the Super Bowls we've had in recent years. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought it was, it was, as somebody who was sort of neutral, I didn't have a rooting interest. I was fine with whoever won that game. Uh, the fact that, as you mentioned, it came down basically to the end uh, was was good. It was entertaining. It was, for the most part, well played. I know there were some some missed calls. Uh, everybody has pointed those out, I think, over the last few days. Uh, but on the whole, I thought it was a good game. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I was I was sort of pleased with, with everything. So congratulations to the Rams. Uh, I know for the Bengals fans, it was frustrating. It was tough. Um, but... And I know, the, you know, this doesn't necessarily soothe anything, but the future looks bright in Cincinnati. Um, the only problem is you're also in a loaded conference where you've got to deal, still have to deal with the Chiefs and you still have to deal with the Bills. And, you know, you figure the Ravens are going to be improved next year if they can stay healthy. Um, the Chargers are still so. It is not going to be an easy road <laughs> to get back to the Super Bowl, but but there is at least reason to be optimistic uh, for folks in Cincinnati. Um Mentioned at the top of the show, we had a chance last week on Radio Row uh, at the L.A. Convention Center to talk to a few different players. And uh, we had a chance to sit down with Jakob Johnson, who I know is not necessarily a big fantasy name. Fullbacks generally aren't, but the fullback for the New England Patriots. And uh, he was a really interesting guy. So we'll let you listen to a little bit next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're here with, uh, with Jakob Johnson, uh, the fullback for the New England Patriots. And you were the first player 
from the International Pathway Program to be activated to play in an NFL game. What did that mean for you? <laughs> Man, it was, uh, I mean, at the time, I was just, you know, going through my week. And then uh, <laughs> at the end of the week, they're like, hey, you, you're probably going to be up this weekend. So uh, I was just trying to do my job, as uh, cliche as that sounds. <laughs> But, uh, you know, now with a little bit of time, like looking back on it, it's definitely been a, a crazy ride. And and you're from Germany and, and football is growing there. We know we're going to have an NFL game there. Just how popular is football in Germany and is it growing? Yeah, it's it has grown so much that it surprised me when I went back, right? I, I go back to my city. Usually I can move around incognito, incognito mode, right? <laughs> now people are recognizing me at all my spots that I usually hang out with my friends. Like it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, changed, you know. When I when I started football in, in, in 2007, um, you know, there were no NFL broadcasts of regular season games. They didn't show any of the playoff games. The only game that was on TV was the Super Bowl, right? And we had to deep dive on YouTube to try to find <laughs> clips of guys playing and stuff. Uh, nowadays, you know, they show all the games on regular TV. There's a huge community, the, the, the football bromance community that's all around football. And, uh, you know, it just keeps growing every year. What attracted you to American football? Yeah. <laughs> in in Germany, most kids obviously play soccer, right? Mm -hmm. And but you have seen soccer players. So, soccer players have like a smaller frame, shorter type guys, <laughs> right? You know the little hair that, that flicks to the side <laughs> or whatever. You know I didn't have none of that. I was always like bigger, like I always kind of stood out. And uh, like any soccer team I was on, they never had short shorts that would fit me. You know they never <laughs> had shirts that would fit me. I uh, always got red cards for like using my body like too much or whatever. <laughs> So uh, football was just the first sport that, that I picked up where all of that was appreciated. And what, what was the biggest adjustment coming from Germany to here? Was it the, the food, the culture? <laughs> like, what, what was it like? Uh, man, everything. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, you know, as Germans, uh, Europeans maybe in general, we, we think we know America, right? Because we watch, <laughs> we watch the movies, we watch the American Pie, you know, we watch the MTV. So we think we know what's going on. But, uh, you know, I, I went from Stuttgart, Germany, first to Jacksonville, Florida for like six months at a high school. Uh, then the University of Tennessee, you know, that's completely different mm -hmm. from Florida. That's like, you know, in the Bible oh, yeah. Belt. Like, <laughs> you know, I was confused. Like, uh, in America, uh, the legal drinking age is 21. You know, in, in Germany, it's 16. You know, so I'm already like, I'm already, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and then to, you know, going over to uh, to Boston now, that's uh, like in the Northeast, where it's like everything is, is very, uh, you know, kind of old and traditional and stuff. So, it's been a lot different. I'm, I'm very fortunate I get to see America from all these different sides, but uh, it's definitely probably a lot different than I expected at first. So the league announced that they're going to be playing some games in Germany. What would it mean for you to go back and be able to play some games in your home country? Uh, I, I want to say it's a, a dream come true, but I'll be honest that like, I would have never dreamt of the NFL coming to Germany, right? My main priority was getting to the NFL, you know, not the other way around. So uh, I, I, it's a huge step. And I, I think there's so many, uh, you know, consequences of this that, that people are not even thinking about right now. Like this means so much to like the, the youth sport over there, right? The kids that are, that are starting football right now or even the kids that never even heard of football right now that get to see it, you know, physically there in person. Um, all the investment that's going to be made into, you know, youth sports over there, especially youth football. Uh, I think it'll be a game changer for the years to come. Yeah, looking forward to, you know, a, a whole generation of, of yeah. German-born football players. But is it big bragging rights? Like, I mean, anywhere that you could just be like, hey, I caught a pass from the GOAT Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't used that one yet, you know, because, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super fortunate, you know, I, I got to play with the, 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 as you call them, the GOAT or whatever. But, um, you know, 
there are a lot of guys out here that you know won Super Bowls with him, and there's some <laughs> some Germans out there that won Super Bowls with him. So uh-huh. I don't want to lean myself too far out the window <laughs> with my little catch over here. <laughs> oh man! All right, so I got I got three questions. A quick quick three and out for you, right? Just yeah. three three random questions. Uh, if you could play another sport professionally, what what would you play? Ooh, that's a big one. I think I'm gonna go with like pro skateboarding, wow. right? Okay. I think that gives you the greatest quality of life of any sport out there right you just get to hang out in the park with your friends you know what i'm saying there's really no nutritional aspect to it there's no lifting weights it's like yeah man dude i practiced super hard today i was at the park for six hours shooting <laughs> shooting the shit with my friends you know yeah uh, you should, well you should get out to venice beach before you get out of here then right there's yeah, all the yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff there you hang out there um what is one food you will not eat under any circumstance <sighs> honest anything that's pork that's not bacon right and this is not a this is not a religious you know decision this is simply the fact like as a kid i walked past like a a a farmer one time and and i saw where the pigs are in the the pig uh containment i don't know the english word right now Mm -hmm. i'm sorry the pig containment it was all like dirt and doo-doo and they were all (laughs) in it you know and that smell like whenever i uh, bite into a pork chop i I just smell that smell and i can't do it All right. Uh, Doesn't apply to bacon, though. Bacon, bacon is good. Bacon, bacon, bacon is good. good. Yeah, right. we're good well, with bacon. Was there any American food that you saw that you were like, nope? Chitlins. Oh, uh, yeah. No. That's crazy. What That's are crazy. we doing? Who came up with this? Yeah. Why? Why are we doing this? No, Throw it away. No, I remember my grandmother making some for me. I'm like, this is the worst thing. <laughs> this, is you've ever, why? this is the worst thing you've ever <laughs> this given This is me. a tradition that we do not need to remember. <laughs> right. We can let that one die. Totally. I'm totally cool. Uh, what's the best concert you've ever been to? The, the best what? Concert. Concert? Ooh. That's a that's another that's another tough one. Um, I saw Kendrick Lamar. I want to say, whew, this was probably 2012, 2013, okay. and that was I mean it was a twenty dollar ticket at the time in my oh, city wow. Stuttgart. This is right before Good Kid, Mad City drop, dropped, and we didn't really know any of his songs, mm-hmm. but somehow by the end of the song, he had us all singing along. So it was nice. it was really cool. I gotta ask you one thing. I, I know you are co-owner of a football team, right? Of the, I am. The I am. Uh, surge. <laughs> Now that you are an owner, does it does it change how you look at like kind of that player ownership dynamic a little bit? Uh, it's it's funny you said that because like not only am I like a, a owner, but like a lot of my friends that I grew up with playing are on the team, you know. So like <laughs> these conversations in the group chat are a little different now. Like anytime somebody steps to me, I'm like, bro. You're talking to the owner of the team right now. You want to get traded? Like, you know, we can make this happen. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Well, Yaka, we appreciate your time. Best of luck yeah. next season, man, and uh, enjoy it. the rest of your week. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for having so me. Much. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Jakob Johnson for his time. Um, yeah, man, uh, it was cool kind of getting the perspective of uh, of a guy from Germany who uh, – I love the fact that he basically just said, you know what, I played football because I was really big and I was too physical <laughs> for soccer. Like, that to me was kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was I remember we were talking before and I was like, I wonder how he got into football, because like it's not very big over there. And I, I like that he said that, like, because here. No offense, fullbacks don't get a lot of love right but there. He was like, I'm, I can't even go to my usual spots. <laughs> uh, you know, the one thing I was thinking when he was talking about that, too, is I, I remember um a you know obviously in the nba having players internationally is not a big deal anymore right we get so many international players coming to play here in the nba but i do remember you know dirk Nowitzki saying that like what sort of got him interested in it was in 92 there was the dream team they came to barcelona for the olympics and that was like he's like that was the first time 
I think he was like a young teenager, maybe a preteen. And he said, like, that was the first time I saw like indie or saw basketball played at that level. It was like, that's what made him want to play. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe with the, with the NFL going international, now playing games in Germany, um, you know, we can get kind of the, the football version of Dirk Nowitzki uh, kind of like, you know, flooding the NFL and creating a revolution there. So that would be, that'd be very cool. And we spent time with the, the, the NFL and Espanol guys. And like, they were yeah. telling us how it's just spreading like wildfire right now. And like fantasy's growing. So it, it's, it's awesome just to see the game grow and more and more eyeballs, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We, we did have lunch with uh, Mauricio Gutierrez, who's been on this show before. We'll have to get him back uh, on at some point. And uh, yeah, they were very excited. I know they talked to some players during the week, too. So uh, that is very, very super cool. Yeah, we would like to go international. We should, uh, you know, if hey, Roger, if you're listening, I know you listen, you download this podcast all the time. Uh, <laughs> we would love to go to Germany. I don't care. Germany, London, Mexico City. I don't care. All of them. <laughs> All of them uh, would love to go. So yeah, if we can go over there and uh, and, and check out some football uh, internationally, that would be great. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll kind of do a look ahead uh, based on this postseason. We'll also have our interview with Jerry Judy that's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, let's look ahead, though. Let's, let's kind of recap the, the postseason and use that to spin forward to next season. I guess the first question is, how much stock do you put into what you see in the NFL playoffs when you are evaluating and sort of projecting ahead for the following season? I don't think I put in as much as other people do. Like, I've had people be like, this guy's going to break out because he had a good game in the playoffs, and that's when it matters most. And I'm like, I get that but it's still just one game and it could have just been like, this is a good matchup against this defense. Let's exploit it. So to me, I I like if we had seen a player getting more usage in the regular season and then it tra- carries over into the playoffs, then I think we're on to something. But if like a player just has one big game, I, I think it can get overrated sometimes if it happens in the playoffs. I do remember, and this was obviously years ago, but after the, uh, the Joe Flacco was at 11 touchdowns, no interceptions run throughout the playoffs. Uh, you know, I remember saying in the offseason, like, hey, don't don't read too much into this. Right. Like, don't suddenly you know make Joe Flacco a top three fantasy quarterback, because while this was a great run, it was an outlier. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I think for the most part, people sort of agreed with that, although I did get a few like angry. Like, what are you talking about? Joe Flacco is elite. He's elite. He's elite at <laughs> side <laughs> tweets. And no, I mean, you know, Joe Flacco was a, he was a good quarterback. Obviously, congrats to him for winning a Super Bowl. He was not a great fantasy quarterback. And that sort of sort of played itself out. I mean, I think there are uh, there are some guys that had good games, as you mentioned, in the playoffs um, that I don't think necessarily translates i will ask you though about cam Akers because he's a guy that we're all certainly excited about and we saw him come back late in the regular season and uh, have a couple of good games didn't really play great in in the playoffs and didn't had a, a well the rams couldn't run the football at all in the super bowl i think they had what 43 yards on i think 23 carries something like that it just was not very great um 
Do you worry about that at all, or is that just sort of brushed aside based on what we expect? Maybe this is is uh, a, a fault in like my process, but my thinking is I didn't expect to see Cam Akers at all this year. If you told me when Cam Akers tore his Achilles, the Rams would be in the Super Bowl, does Cam Akers play? I'd be like, no. Like Cam Akers will be lucky if he's back to start the 2022 season. But here he was on this playoff, and not just in the playoffs, like he was their lead back. He played more snaps than any of their other backs. He had games where he was by far their high carrier. So I, I don't love the production, but I'm willing to say he's not 100% healthy yet. And I'm thinking that uh, just seeing him out there shows the confidence they have in him. Uh, I still think we'll get a, a much better sense of how healthy he is uh, when we see him in training camp and, and in preseason. So as of right now, I was thinking if Akers had a good playoffs, he could become a first-round pick again. I don't think he's that, but I still think he's in conversation to work his way up to being an RB1 again. I, I you know, I'm also curious, like, what happens in that backfield, right? Like, do we see... Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson back, uh, you know, or how much do we see of him? How, what happens with Sony Michelle, who at times really played well for them during the year? But I, I think it's clear that they want Cam Akers to be their lead running back. Um, but how much time is he going to share with other people? Uh, the other part of it is, you know, if if next season is like the last couple of seasons, Sean McVay is not going to play any of his guys. Like we're not going to necessarily see him. Uh, on the field so we're gonna have to sort of wait and sort of guess uh kind of like everybody else but um you know I, i'm, I'm kind of with you that i'm not putting a lot into what we saw in the postseason um that I, I sort of i sort of take what we saw at the end of the regular season more as what we kind of want uh and maybe that is me being you know selective uh about about cam Akers, but i'm not i'm not super worried about him having a bad super bowl in terms of what that means for his 2022 um who helped themselves the most in fantasy this postseason, and why is it Gabe Davis? It's definitely Gabe Davis, I would say. And, and I think if you wanted, like, the other one I was thinking of is another Bill. Uh, you could call me a homer, but Devin Singletary. Like, mm -hmm. those, like, Gabe Davis, he went from, he was a player that we believed in his talent, but we were like, why are they not using him more? And then... Late in the regular season, a shift started, and they started getting him more uh, consistently on the field. And then in the playoffs, when it mattered most, I mean, four touchdowns against the Chiefs. He had, only Cooper Cup had more touchdowns this playoffs than Gabriel Davis did. So I know some people are already talking this guy up as a wide receiver three with more upside. The big thing that I don't think enough people are talking about is outside of Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, all of the Bills receivers are free agents. So... That naturally could open up a lot more work for Gabriel Davis. And then with Devin Singletary, it's just like we always joke that they they use multiple running backs and they don't use him near the goal line and stuff. And that went away. Like he led all running backs and snaps played in the postseason. He was getting the goal line work. So if those two guys are in situations next year where the Bills don't bring in more competition for them, I think that they saw their stock rise the most. He's the, the end of the year ended through the postseason. Yeah, I I mean, you're sort of right why, with Gabe Davis, right? And that's one, wondering why they weren't using him more. But I, I think, again, th what he did in the playoffs was amazing. The AFC Championship game, despite you know the outcome of it, his performance was incredible. Um, but I think when you look at what happened late in the year as well, as Emmanuel Sanders sort of, you know, started to kind of fade to the background a little bit, Davis kind of stepped up. And so with the opportunity potentially for a lot more targets, depending on what happens uh, with the rest of the wide receiver room, I think Gabe Davis is in line to, to kind of really step forward next year. 
I think on top of it, though, I don't think the draft price is going to be super high. Like, I don't think you're going to have to spend a ton of capital on him. Yes, people will remember. People will be excited about him. But we're not talking about you're drafting him, you know, as a, a wide receiver one, maybe not even as a wide receiver two, uh, at least not in terms of, of draft capital. So I think there's a lot of upside for Gabe Davis. And I think he, he kind of showed us a little bit last year or I guess this past postseason uh, what he potentially can be. On the there flip was- side, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there was one more I wanted to ask you. What oh, yeah. about Elijah Mitchell? Because uh, Mostert and Wilson are free agents, and Mitchell looks really good. He did. And I think, so here's a, here, I'm sort of torn, right? I think he's going to be great, and I think a lot of people are going to be in on him, and I totally get that. I think in terms of helping himself, I don't know that he necessarily helped himself in the postseason. I think his season-long performance did a lot for him. Um, and that's not to say that he, you know, vomited on his shoes in the playoffs or anything i just think people will sort of look at the entire body of work for elijah mitchell and that is what boosted him up as opposed to necessarily like hey he had a great couple games against the cowboys and the packers and the rams or what have you um but i do think he's going to be a guy we're talking about uh although my fear is maybe he lands in that that rb dead zone spot and that sort of worries me a little bit I feel like he's going to be, if that happens, he'd be the one that I'm like, I'll make an exception. I'll still, I'll still take the chance. Yeah. 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 I could see that. I could see that. Cause I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about Eli Mitchell in like the third or fourth round, which is that, that spot where people start to back away from running backs, but maybe he is the guy who could be uh, the exception there. Um, all right. So then who was the biggest fantasy mirage in the playoffs and why is it Jarek McKinnon? It, it's exactly Jarek McKinnon. <clears throat> I, I know they went away from, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to use him. And they also went away from Daryl Williams, which I, I don't, I didn't fully understand. Like McKinnon looks good. He looked the part. He played well, but like you had him all year stashed away for the playoffs. It doesn't make fully like, and I know Williams and CH were really banged up heading into the playoffs. For me, what Jarek McKinnon did and steal and like being their lead running back for them in the playoffs says more about their other running backs than it does about him. So I'm really concerned for and I was very excited for Clyde Edwards Hilaire each of his first two years in the NFL. Heading into year three, it's the exact opposite. I'm I'm very worried about him. Yeah, I, I mean I, I feel like the Chiefs are gonna go through maybe not a major offensive overhaul, but there are gonna be some changes there, right? Um, you know, they've gotta find another wide receiver. Uh, they, they can't survive with just Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, especially because Travis Kelsey's starting to, you know, he's he's a veteran, right? He is getting up there a little <laughs> bit in age. Um, you know, they have tried whether it's, you know, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, even bringing in Josh Gordon. They are trying to find a compliment to those guys in the passing game, and they haven't done that yet. So I think that's a priority this offseason. And I think figuring out their backfield situation is a priority, right? Because CEH is not necessarily the the RB1 that I think they're looking for. The fact that uh, Daryl Williams got so much run this year really does say a lot about that situation. So, um, you know, look, they know they've got three good pieces in Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. But I think they also learned this season that they need a little bit more than just those three to kind of survive offensively, especially with the Bills being so good, with the Bengals improving, with, you know, go back through all the list of teams I talked about earlier, right? The Chargers, the Ravens getting better, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a transformative offseason for this Kansas City offense. And I'm curious to see what that means for a lot of those guys there. 
speaking of offenses that may be transforming this offseason, the Denver Broncos, uh, they are one of the many, many teams that are trying to figure out their quarterback situation. But if one thing we know, they got a good wide receiver room. We had a chance uh, last week to sit down with their number one wide receiver, Jerry Judy, and get his thoughts uh, a little bit on his second year in the NFL and maybe what the future has for him. Also asked him a little bit about Super Bowl halftime show, which still breaks my heart. Anyway, uh, here's what Jerry Judy had to say when we talked to him. Here with Denver Broncos receiver Jerry Judy, and uh, just coming off your second season in the NFL, talk to us about what was the biggest adjustment you had to make or the biggest change you made between year one and year two. Yeah, um, basically the biggest thing taking in from year one to year two is really having a, a good a good routine. Okay. So you got to have a good routine, you know, because you, you got to know – what stuff you need to do to make sure your body at the highest peak so you can perform at the highest level each each and every week. So that's really the biggest thing I took. Mm. And we all know how much firepower the Denver Broncos have on the offensive side of the ball, but now bringing in a new head coach who has a lot of success on that, like yeah. how excited are you guys for that? Man, I'm very excited. We've got a new a new coach, um, Officer Gru, you know, Coach Hackett, great coach. Um, you know, so I'm very excited to see see what we do next year. I mean, you guys got a loaded wide receiver room. I mean, you know, yourself, you got Cortland when he's healthy, Tim Patrick. Uh, let's throw in the running backs between Javante. Yeah. How, how close? Is, it feels like this offense is really close to doing some big things next year. Yeah, you know, we, we got a, a bunch of young guys on, on, the, on the team. So, you know, and a, uh, a bunch of great talent. So it's very exciting to see everybody and see who all we got. So I'm very excited to see what, what, what the future holds. And, I mean, loaded receiver rooms is nothing new to you. And in college, you had a receiver room with you, uh, with Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, like how, and Najee Harris was on that team. Like, how great is it to see all of these guys thriving in the NFL? And is there friendly competition between you guys? Uh, it, you know, it's always great. You know, it, yeah, because it, a little bit of competition. You know, everybody want to finish all, on the top line. Who the best? Who got the most yards? Who got the most touchdowns? <laughs> who got the most cashes? You know, but at, at the end of the day, we all just want to see each other succeed in life and win. So, you know, it's always great and exciting to see those guys be successful in the league. I mean, I ask because, like, you know, your Alabama guys are doing things, right? You got these LSU guys coming up now, yeah, too, yeah. right? Between Justin and Jamar. Like, yeah. is there a little bit of rivalry there, too? You know, like I said, like, I think for all receivers, you know, everybody to compete against all the receivers in the league. So everybody want to be the top of the top of the top. You feel me? But like I said, at the end of the day, everybody knows it's just it's competitive at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, everybody want each other to win. So that's good. And and I think you're one of the best route running wide receivers in the NFL. I, I talk you up a lot on this podcast, Appreciate but uh, <laughs> your, your secret. I, I heard that there's a little secret and it's not about route running. It's yoga. Yoga? Who told you the secret? <laughs> I, I found it online. Nah, that's why you can't trust You can't trust online. Nah, you can't look at it. You can't believe everything you see online. <laughs> well, no, I mean, nah. I mean, for you though, what, what do you have any goals set for next year? Things that you would like to accomplish personally next yeah, year? Yeah, I got some personal goals that I like to accomplish. I ain't gonna speak too much in depth about all that, but at the end of the day, I just want to be better than I was last year mm -hmm. and just. Go to the Super Bowl. Right. I ain't, even though all this being me the fun and all that, but I'd rather be out there practicing right now for right. the Super Bowl. But that that's basically it, though. And, and I guess on a, a little bit of a serious note, your, your ankle doing okay now? Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. A, yeah. I, and how did that affect you, like, getting hurt in the middle of the season? Does that How does that affect you, like, playing when you come back and stuff like that? I actually like got that? hurt the first game of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was tough. I mean... It was tough, especially sitting down, not being, not being able to participate with your brothers and teammates and stuff like that. So it was, it was tough though. But 
at the end of the day, everybody go through adversity. So it's, it's, it's how you overcome that adversity. But once I came back, I felt I felt 100%. I felt good, and it's not bothering me to this day. So it looked way worse than what it re- actually was. So God bless. All right. Uh, all right. So I got some just quick, some three and out questions for you. Just some kind of fun, you know, off the cuff questions. If uh, or who is uh, your favorite all time athlete in any sport? Favorite all time athlete, LeBron James. Oh, is right. LeBron the goat? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> he the goat. All right. I mean, he plays right next door to you in your right spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe run into him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite food? Favorite food probably had to be fried chicken. All right. Yep. Uh, any particular kind? Just fried chicken. Just fried chicken. <laughs> Just fried chicken. All right. Uh, and then what is what's on repeat right now on your on your music playlist? All right now I got Kodak Black um, closure and um I got uh, Gunna uh, Living Wild. All right. I got that on repeat. Anybody in particular you're interested in the the halftime show? Because you know we got we got some some heavy hitters at the halftime who, who show. Who got halftime show? Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick. Mary J. Oh, Blige. Man, that way before my time. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna know what they talk about up there, man. I probably, know, I probably know some songs, but you know the vibe ones. But other than that, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking at a halftime show like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, Jerry, we appreciate your time, man. Best of luck next year, and hopefully, we are not talking about you we're talking with you here. We're talking about you in the Super Bowl. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Thank, thanks for having me, though. Yeah, man, so. appreciate luck. it. Best of luck. Good luck. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I I felt like the uh, you know that gif of Matt Damon from like the end of Saving Private Ryan where he just suddenly morphs into an old man like that was me <laughs> talking to Jerry Judy when he said like Dre and Snoop and Eminem were like way before his time and that he might not know any of the songs like <sighs> I <laughs> it just it hurt my heart man it did I I saw a thing that was like. Uh... You know, millennials and everyone being like, finally, they're they're doing a halftime show for us and not the old people anymore. And then it was like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. And then it clicks. And I yep. was like, yeah, I mean, they were all like 50 years old or, or something on, on that set. But it was still awesome. And like, I'm still shocked that Jerry Judy doesn't know any of them because they're they're huge. I, you know, I, and I was thinking about this, right? Like, so my wife has watched the halftime show like three or four times, right? Um <laughs> And like sitting there, I think the second time through watching it, I was thinking to myself, like, come on, man. Like he had to be watching this being like, oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song too. I know, right? He had to be sitting there like, I know these songs. Like maybe they're not what he's he's rocking on his playlist, right? Like I get it. Maybe he doesn't have the chronic looped on repeat on his playlist. <laughs> That's fine. The album's like 30 years old. I get it. But like for him to be like, I don't think I know any of these songs. Like, come on, man. You're killing me, Jerry. Like, killing me. like there was a stretch where like you know even he was alive for like when lose yourself was like yes the, and and in the cl- in the club like those were like the i don't know and, and kendrick is not even like 10 years into right. it like uh, <laughs> i did i was i was shocked uh man but uh, away from that I, I i really am looking forward to seeing what happens next year with this broncos offense because th- they do have to figure out the quarterback situation is it drew lock uh, you know, who, who is it going to, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be there. Um, you know, what happens with that? Because they've got the receivers, right? Between Judy and, and Cortland Sutton when he's healthy, Tim Patrick, uh, you know, forget about KJ Hamler. I mean, they, they've got guys there. It's just a matter of getting the, somebody who can get them the football, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, they have the run game with, with Javante. Like they have 
all they're one of the few teams I think that like if they trade for like an Aaron Rodgers, they immediately become a Super Bowl contender because all of the other places uh pieces are in place. They're just missing the most important one. And that we saw that as the year went on, they started to become more and more run heavy and focused on the running backs. But we know how talented those receivers are, which to me is exciting because like Jerry Judy did, I guess, for our expectations, disappoint this year. So there's a chance that he could be overlooked next year. Even if they upgrade the quarterback, maybe you get him as a wide receiver too. And he he has wide receiver one potential, I think, with the right quarterback. So uh, still someone that I'm very excited to see what he can do. Yeah, uh, you know, I certainly have not given up on uh, on Jerry Judy, but it is about the Broncos just kind of finding that guy uh, to get him the football and see what happens. But, you know, I also didn't even mention Javante Williams and how much we all love him going to next season and how there will probably be literal fistfights <laughs> over people trying to draft uh, Javante Williams when where they can. So um, anyway, next week uh, we will also talk. Well, actually, I guess you should mention we're once a week now. Uh, we're going to be Wednesdays going forward. Uh, so next week we've got a couple more interviews. Uh, we've got uh, Darius Slay, who's really fun to talk to, and also Taylor Heineke, the starting quarterback for your Washington Commanders. Uh, we asked him about that and some other things as well. So stay tuned for that uh, coming up next week. In the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Get vaxxed, wear a mask, do good, live well. We will talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.